You know, as we uh, sang those songs, those last two songs, all of them, but when we look those last two songs where it talks about being overwhelmed by God, um, and, and we can enter into, uh, we're overwhelmed by His His grace and mercy, and we can enter into His presence. I hope you really connected with that, because that to me is the essence of why we're here, that we're coming in and we're giving God His glory. And I, I think back, as we're into this season, I think back to uh, that first Christmas, if you want to call it first Christmas, moment where the it talks about the angel the shepherds were out watching their flock and this angelic host came this angelic host descended and i hope we never glamorize the scripture to the point where we're like oh that's such just a beautiful picture which it is but i i pray that as we if we would put ourselves in that position this wasn't some light moment was like hey that's pretty cool there's some angels showing up I mean, it was like this moment of dread, this moment of like, what is taking place? What is going on? They were very fearful to the point where the angel said, what? Fear not. Don't be afraid. Because we've got some great news. And this season we're going to be talking about, the next week we're going to really begin to talk about that. Today is going to be a very practical message that's going to take us into the Christmas season. So it'll be, um, it's, we're going to have a great time here this morning, uh, um, again, just worshiping God. But it's going to be a very practical message, but it centers around that. And this whole season we're going to talk about I Believe. And it's where we stop and we reflect upon the attributes of God where we say, I believe. I believe in God. I believe in His glory. I believe in who He is. And just like those shepherds when they had that first encounter of, of, of these, this angelic hosts coming and, and, and the angels saying, there, this is, there's great news that we want to share with you. This is great news, what's about to take place. And then they unfold, really, the Christmas story, right? Jesus becoming human, the incarnation, the incarnate, where God becoming flesh. The angels, though, celebrating that. And I pray that's how we, each week, hopefully every day, we celebrate the incarnation of Jesus Christ, where, we, where we're flooded by His presence and His glory, where we, you know, we're, we're, we're just overwhelmed, overwhelmed by who He is. As I've said before, if when God descends upon us, when God blesses us, when God just manifests His presence in our midst, like for instance, like this morning, as He comes and manifests Himself here, it is very He is very overwhelming. It's, he's very overwhelming. That's when I think our problems, and I'm not minimizing, I've never, I never want to sound like I'm minimizing people's problems, but I just know when God descends, our problems become very much minuscule. And we can have some pretty significant issues taking place within our lives. But my point is this. When the glory of God descends, everything else bows down to Him. And bows down to who He is. And regardless of what we may be experiencing, He ushers in a sense of hope. A sense of, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. Regardless of how it turns out, everything's going to be okay. Because as a believer of Him, I'm going to spend eternity with God. I'm part of his family. And so this morning we're going to take a look at, I want to take, I want to set all that up by taking a look at something very practical. So if you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 5 verse 8, I'm going to read that with you. If you didn't, please, hopefully you brought your Bibles. Please continue to bring your Bibles. We're going to look to the Word of God each week. If you didn't reach for it, grab the one out of the back of the pew in front of you. But I want you to follow along. And in Matthew 5 8, it should sound very familiar, okay? Because we just spent a lot of time uh, in the, on the Sermon on the Mount. 
But this is where one of these verses we go back to is going to take uh, a new life, a new meaning for us. And in chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart for what? They will see God. They shall see God. The ones that are pure in heart, they're the ones that's truly going to see God. That's when we become, as we become pure in heart, what happens is there's this shift that takes place where we're hopefully where the humanness of us begins to get squeezed out and more of God begins to take up residence dwelling within our lives. Hopefully what happens, because I think this is part of the proof in the pudding type concept, is that the more we become pure in heart, our perspectives change. Our problems become viewed much differently. Our world, as we go out into our worlds, we go out into our cultures, we go into our jobs, as we go into our various relationships, as we go into, uh, you know, our relationship with our spouse or with our kids or whatever it is, our decision making, our career making decisions, all these things, now things are beginning to change. Our perspective begins to change. My career is not so much my identity any longer. It's a way that I can minister to other people through that particular avenue, my particular vocation. I am now, my perspective has been shifted. Now that I'm pure in heart, I begin to see things differently. I begin to view people differently. When I go into our world, I begin to see people the way Jesus sees people. I begin to look at people and say, hey, this person, whether they are following Jesus or not, this person was still created in the image of Jesus Christ, and this person still can receive the salvation that Jesus offers. Who am I to look at someone and say, you don't deserve the salvation of Jesus Christ? That's not how we view things anymore. We don't have this judgmental this judgmental, self-righteous attitude any longer. We become more pure in heart. We begin to see Jesus. We begin to, our, our, our emotions begin to be moved by, by seeing people that's not following Christ because we see people the way Christ sees people. Take a look at the message paraphrase. As Eugene Peterson writes it, or paraphrases this passage. In chapter 5, verse 8, in, in the message it says this, You're blessed when you get your inside world your mind and heart put right. <laughs> when, you, when you get those two things connected, when you get that inside world reshifted, when you get that perception readjusted, when you get that life-altering paradigm um, salvation moment happening in your life, when that is right, you become a blessed individual. That's when you're able to start seeing life come together. And he says, then you can see God in the outside world. And so what we want to take a look at today is our influence in the outside world and how that relates to this whole Christmas story or this Christmas season that we're going into. The first thing I want to share with you is this. We all have a story. I have a story. We all have a story. Every single person sitting in here this morning has a story. Every single person, every single person sitting here, you have a story. And as we're breathing, we're continuing to write that story. Some of you have chapters that you do not want to go back and revisit. Some of you, when you look back, it looks like a Stephen King horror book, right? You look back and you say, that's horrible. (laughs) That, you know, that's, that's not who, that's not the person that I want to be. Because Jesus got a hold of your life. Jesus has radically changed you. And now you're a different person. 
Maybe you can't. Maybe you have a life that's not. You know, it's not really a Stephen King horror movie, but it's just. It is what it is. But things have changed. But now your story's different because Jesus has a hold of your life and your perspective has shifted. Every single one of us in here this morning has a story. And we have a story to tell because of Jesus. And this is where we kind of, it's so easy to lose sight because we kind of, you know, we were talking about this today and um, uh, the men have a, we're gathering together and, and, and going through a book together about how to, being a godly man, the disciplines of a godly man. As we're, and as we're reflecting and talking it's just really, it's really encouraging uh, to hear other men and, and to just encourage each other as, you know, to move forward on this journey. But one of the things we kind of talked about today was that concept of, you know, we're, we're different. Now, how do we influence our world differently? Because Jesus has radically changed us, my workplace is going to look different, hopefully. Hopefully my workplace is going to look different because as Jesus radically changed me, He's dropping me into a situation now, and it should look vastly different. You see, that kind of goes back to that whole tree thing we talked about last week, right? How a good tree bears good fruit, how there's no way a bad tree can bear good fruit, correct? And see, as, as, as we have been changed, as Jesus has come into our lives and has cha- radically changed us, there's no other way to describe it, guys. There's no other way to describe this, this transformation but radical because he's made, we've gone from dead to life. That's pretty radical, right? That seems like, I'm not so sure how much more radical it can get. You know, we were once God's enemies and now we're not. Now we're part of his family. That's pretty radical. That's a significant change. We're changed individuals because of Jesus. I, I want you to really think about this because if we look back over our lives and we say, well, I don't really see how you know, much change in my life, something's off. Because when Jesus comes into our lives, there is significant change that takes place. Everything changes. Our whole perspective changes. Everything, the way we, the way we used to view things in a selfish way is changed. Okay, And so when we look at our lives, we have a story to tell. We have a story to tell other individuals. My life has changed because of Jesus Christ. My life is different because of Jesus Christ. If you operate in your workplace differently than you do in church, something's wrong. And we all have those stories, right? We all have those stories where we say, man, I know people that profess Christianity at work, and it's like they're vastly different when you see them at work than they are you know, with their family, around their family. They're vastly different. They're not the same. You know, over here they're using language, they're making crude remarks, they're saying things that just don't, this doesn't add up to a Christian lifestyle, but around their family it's like <laughs> they're a changed individual. See, that's, something's off. When Jesus enters into, our, enters into our life, we are vastly changed. And He drops us in places where we make a huge difference and we tell the story, or we tell what Jesus is doing in our lives. Um, and I pray that every one of us sitting here this morning has that story to tell where we can look back and, and, and we can look way back where a marker has been set where we receive salvation. But I think more importantly, we look back over our lives and we can say, this is where I've been growing. This is how I'm becoming more conformed to the image of Jesus. This is where I'm being changed. This is where I'm being challenged in, in the recent past few months because Jesus is coming in and He's altering, continuing to alter me and change me more into the image of of himself to bear his fruit. So we all have a story in here this morning. And God is asking us, or God gives us this incredible privilege to be a part of this whole concept of witnessing, 
This whole concept of evangelizing. This whole concept of sharing our lives with a broken world and seeing, you know, and seeing others come to know Jesus because of our testimony where they see Jesus coming in and through us. Turn with me now to Romans 10, and I want to take a look at verses 11 through 17. Listen to what Paul has to say about this. Romans 10, and we're going to look at... um, And I'm having a hard time finding Romans. I think someone took it out of my Bible. There we go. I'm like, I know it's not after. Uh, Romans chapter 10. And I want to look at verses 11 through 17. And listen to what he says. He says, For the Scripture says, Everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. Everyone who believes in Him. In who? Jesus. Everyone who believes in Jesus will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction now between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing His riches on all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on Him, or calls on the name of the Lord, will be what? Will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then... This is where it applies to us, guys. They're going to, he's going to answer the question that we're asking today. How then, in verse 14, will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have what? Never heard. And how are they to hear without someone preach? Okay, can we, we've got to be involved here together, okay? All right, you're kind of dying out on me. And how are they and how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, "Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us?" So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask how, or I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation with a foolish nation. I will make you angry. Then Moses, or then Isaiah so bold as to say, I have been found by those who do not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long, I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Um, I went a little bit further than verse 17 there. But it talks about this concept of how blessed, if we could go back to um, uh, verse, seven, or verse 16, but they have not... Yeah, that's not it. I'm just kind of losing my train of thought here this morning. Um, how blessed are the feet of those who del- you know, deliver the gospel message. That's us. I hope we all understand that. That those of us that have been saved, those of us that have had this radical transformation of Jesus Christ, how blessed are people because they're going to hear the Word because we're preaching it. It's not just me. It's not just someone who's who's 
who's made it their vocation to be a pastor. It's not someone who has made their vocation to be a missionary, to go to people in other countries or wherever, but it's every single one of us. We are called to be God's witnesses. Acts tells us that. We are released in this world to be God's witnesses. How blessed is the world for for the for for those that have the feet that's bringing this incredible message of salvation and good news to individuals. Now, again, in the, par- in the, in the Eugene Peterson paraphrase, the message, I'm going to take a look at this because I really love how he articul- articulates the same passage. He says this, Scripture reassures us that says, no one who trusts God like this heart and soul will ever regret it. It's exactly the same no matter what a person's religious background may be. The same God for all of us, acting the same incredibly generous way to everyone who calls out for help. Everyone who calls help God gets help. He goes on to say, but how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? That's where we come into the picture. That's where we interject ourselves. That's where we have this moment where, where people begin to ask questions. And guys, people are not going to ask questions. People are not going to, to ascertain or, or think in directions unless uh, spiritually unless God is beginning to do a work in their lives. And when God begins to do a work in their lives and when people begin to ask that question, how blessed they are when there's someone like you and I that's saying, man, let me share with you what Jesus has done in my life. Let me... Let me share with you how Jesus radically changed my marriage. Let me share with you how Jesus has radically changed my relationship between me and my son. Let me share with you how Jesus has just radically changed me to be the person that I am today. And I'm not perfect, but I'm growing. But I want to share with you how Jesus has radically changed my life. And he goes on to say, and how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do that? That's us. We are the ones that are being sent to do that. That's why Scripture exclaims, a sight to take your breath away. Grand processions of people telling all the good things of God. Is that not encouraging? Is that not something that just grabs you to say, God is, God is stinking awesome. He doesn't need, guys, let's be honest, God doesn't need us. He does not need us. That's where we get derailed a lot of times because we really don't understand the attributes of God. That's where we have this fallacy in our thinking, thinking, well, God, you know, God doesn't need us. God can get the job done. However, God chooses to use us in this whole process. I don't understand that because I've taken a critical look at myself and I don't really bring much to the table. And neither do you. (laughs) Let me bring you in the picture. We don't. But God, out of His awesomeness, says, I want you to be a part of something. I can't think of something more powerful, something that just rocks your world more than when you're able to speak truth into someone's life and that person gives their life to Jesus Christ. I get so blessed and so sensitive and so teary-eyed when we have baptisms and a father or mother will get in the water and they will baptize their child. Please, someone enlighten me and tell me what's so much more grand than that. Ohio State beating Michigan? Please. Lives being changed. Lives saying, I'm going to live my life for Jesus Christ. This is who I am. And their parents getting in the water and baptizing them. That's powerful. 
And God gives us those opportunities to share about Him, to share the good news, to say, let me share with you what Jesus has done in my life. Green processions of people telling all the good things of God. He goes on to say this, he says, not everybody is ready for this. Ready to see and hear and act. And that's the reality we face, right? When we go into our world, not everybody is ready to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the crux of it. And as you and I, and this is where it gets dicey sometimes, because there's a lot of times we don't, not a lot of times, I doubt there's anybody sitting in here that would love to be rejected. Oh, I absolutely love to be rejected. In fact, I've got them written down. I've got ticks in the back of my Bible where I've been rejected. That's awesome, man. You ought to see a counselor, you know. But here's the, here's the fact. Not everybody's ready to hear it. Not everybody's ready to hear the gospel message. And that's when we go into our world, we, begin, we trust God. And we, as we begin to see through the eyes of God and through the eyes of Jesus, we see the fruit. We see the fruit that's, re- that's ripe, that's ready to be harvested. Or the crop that's ready to be harvested. And God, that's where we trust in God and God points us. And he, and he enables us to have those conversations. And we're obedient and we're faithful and we're anticipating and we're waiting. And when God says, here, and He presents, we walk through. And we deliver this message and these people may accept Jesus Christ and we're just absolutely blown out of the water because we took part of a birth. We're like midwives where we actually took part of a birth. Someone being born into the kingdom of God. Giving their trust into Jesus. Not everybody's ready for that. And we don't have to sit there and expound and debate and argue and all this other stuff with individuals. That's not what God is calling us to do. We don't have to defend God. We don't have to do any of that stuff. All God's asking us to do is essentially, essentially become a midwife. Just be there and help in that birthing process. And we get to experience the blessings and joy of that. Not everybody's going to be ready to act. Isaiah asked what we, what we all ask at one time or another. Does anyone care, God? Is anyone listening and believing a word of it? The point is, before you trust, you have to what? Listen. That's a hard one for us. We have to listen. And he goes on to say this. But unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to listen to. I wonder how many of us are going to go to work tomorrow. And there's people there that may be ready to hear the gospel of Christ. They're asking. They're seeking. They're spiritually sensitive. They don't know. Something took place in their life where they're sensitive towards things. They're starting to think. They're starting to have some of those thoughts. But they're starting to look in different directions. I wonder if they're going to be able to hear the good news. I wonder if there's people there in our jobs. And in our jobs, if there's something there to listen to. Our neighbors that are ready. I wonder if there's something there for them to listen to. For something them to hear. Loved ones within our families that don't know Jesus yet. Is there something for them to listen to? Are we moved? Are we stirred? Are our hearts in a position to where we are being moved by the the words of Christ, the power of Christ, the power of His Holy Spirit to speak? Because we know it's time to speak. And we're obedient and we take that step. But unless Christ's Word is preached, there's nothing to preach. I have a story that is beautiful because of Jesus. Some of you sitting here this morning that have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have a beautiful story to share. You have a beautiful story to share. There may be times where it's not been so beautiful, but that's what makes, the I think, the 
beauty of the story even more beautiful is because when we turn our backs on Jesus at times, when we become disobedient at times, when we have some hiccups within our walks with Christ, not once does He ever leave us. Not once does He ever turn His back on us. Not once does He say, you know what, this is enough. I'm not doing this anymore. I can't handle this relationship with you. You see, that's what we experience here on this earth, these conditional relationships. You keep dabbling in this, I can't be around you any longer. You keep doing this, you say this, but you... Whereas Jesus is like, I still love you. I don't condone this. This isn't right. But I still love you. And in our minds, it's hard to comprehend that unconditional love that says, I still love you. We have a beautiful story to tell. There's times where we have gotten off path. We've gotten off track. Attitudes have become bitter. There's times where we've expressed bitterness to someone where when we go to them, we're able to share what Jesus has done in our lives because we can go to them we can say, you know what? I need to apologize to you. I need to ask for your forgiveness because I was wrong. And because of my faith in Jesus... I need to approach you and I need to ask for your forgiveness. That speaks volumes to people. That speaks absolute volumes. We have a story that is beautiful because of Jesus. Blessed are the ones that have the, that have the feet of the gospel. Now, we were talking this week in, in my office and we got to talking and CJ was like, I just have this distaste for feet. And I'm like, what? He said, I just think feet are absolutely gross. And it, you know how it's one of those things where you start talking to someone and it's just, you're like, well, won't you tell me some more? Because it's just, just like, you got some issues, man. You know? So we get to, t- you know, we get to talk and it's just, it's just hilarious. If you ever see CJ, show him your feet or something. Do something kind of odd to him because it, it really kind of grosses him out. I, on the other hand, get kind of grossed out with like hands, like kids' hands. You know? If you have young kids, it's like, I don't want to touch anything they've touched. For what, unless they they wash them, we were at a we were at a uh, one of those apple orchards one time, and I my wife took Ryan. This was a few years ago. Took Ryan in one of those porta potties. He had to go to the bathroom, so he uses the you know does his business, and then my wife is kind of doing her thing, and um, she's getting ready to walk out of there. She turns and looks, and Ryan's in the urinal part of that um, porta potty. Taking the urinal cake, thinking it's a, thinking it's a, thinking it's like a bar of soap, you know. Just lathering up, man. He's lathering it up. I'm like, okay. He's not riding in the van. He's walking back home, man. So, I, on the other hand, think hands can be a bit disgusting, especially when it comes to kids, man. So. You don't know where those have been. But anyhow, I don't know why I shared that with you, but uh, anyhow. Um, blessed are those who come that has the feet of the gospel. The feet, man. You know, you're bringing the gospel. You have a beautiful story to tell because of Jesus. And two things, and this is where we're kind of anchoring down uh, in this particular uh, uh, message today. This is very practical. It becomes situations and seasons. Guys, you know it. I know it. There are times where we go through and people go through certain situations where they are very receptive to hear the gospel. They've had a prognosis given to them or a diagnosis given to them of their health and they're scared. They're very fearful. They begin to think. See, we don't normally think that way when everything's going great, right? 
you know, when everything's going good, everything's great, man. We're like planning for the future. We're doing, you know, we're moving, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, we're enjoying life or whatever. But you let something happen within our lives that's out of the clear blue where we receive some type of a diagnosis from the doctor about our health and now all of a sudden everything changes. You ever had that moment? Some of you are sitting in here this morning have had that moment where you receive something and life becomes much more... Um, perceived you know, in a different way. You start thinking about eternity. You start thinking about different things. A loved one passes away. Something happens within your life. Something happens to one of your children. Something happens out of the clear blue where this, you know, the steadiness of life where things have been going the way they should be, but then something happens that shouldn't be or shouldn't happen, and now all of a sudden you think completely different. We're, we're wired that way, I think. Situations arrest our minds and, and our thinkings and things begin to change. Things change. So there are two there are two situations or two events that happen within our lives that can't happen within our lives where people are very spiritually sensitive. And one of them is if something something tragic happens uh, within a person's life. Something very high on the other end can happen like um, like the birth of a child. I wonder how many of us sitting here this morning that when we had that birth of our child or we started our family where you begin to think a little bit differently. You begin to think, man, I'm a, I'm, I'm a father or I'm a mother or I'm a grandmother or whatever it may be where you start kind of thinking a little bit differently. Like, is this what life is really all about? You know, how, you know, and you start thinking. And we become more sensitive to things. We become more sensitive to, to the spiritual things. Many people, that's exactly what happens. Let someone have a car wreck. Let someone have something tragic happen or even something very exciting happen. You know, our sensitivity toward the gospel can become vastly different. The other one, seasons. Okay? Now, this is where we joke in the church. You know, seasons, you know, it's the way it is, right? There are times where people come to church. Easter, Christmas, right? Um... Pastors will often get together and kind of joke around, talk about we have a lot of CEOs in our church. Christ, uh, Christmas, Easter's only, right? They come. That's when you see a lot of people, right? But there are times when when things, situations happen, and seasons happen where people are more receptive. Christmas is a season where people, and we've talked about this before, where people can become more sensitive to the gospel. People can become more sensitive to things of the spiritual nature. And because of that, one of the things that we want to do as a body here at Element, we want to put a simple tool in your hand and, and urge you to become individuals with feet that's bringing the gospel. And just a simple tool, extremely simple tool, very simple. We've done it before. We've made up some nice cards, some nice, like, they're not really invite cards. They're just, it's just a card that has our series on it that says, I believe. And then on the back side has our service times and our campus addresses and that type of stuff. Just something very simple that you could give to someone and say, hey, man, you know, I just want to invite you to, to, this, to our Christmas season. You know, Chris, you know, one of the services, uh, Christmas Eve, that's usually a big time where people are very receptive to take you up on your offer to come. Again, this isn't a, it's not like someone has to come here to receive Christ. But... You know, if there's something that you, you know, it's, it's a great way of just building a relationship or just saying, hey, I'd like to invite you. You know, simply put, I'd like to invite you. And you can hand them one, hand them one of these. Guys, would you please join me in on these, this effort? 
Could you imagine what it would be like? Talk about the feet of the gospel going out and the joy, uh, you know, as we read that verse, as if some of you, all of you would take a few of these and even if just every single one of us invited one person, you're talking about, <laughs> you're talk, you're talking about an influx here, okay? It's easy for us to get complacent. But we're just asking you to take some. Take a handful of these or t- whatever. We've got, we've, we've got enough to where you can take more than one or three or four. Take a few of these and really take you know, that your relationship to the next level and inviting people. Take some intentionality behind it. Invite some people. And say, hey man, just love for you to come and just hear, you know, just be a part of a Christmas season. We've got some different things happening in the season that you could bring them to. Uh, but, but again, this is something that we're asking you guys to get behind and get on board with. Um, but again, just trying to put something very simple in your hands to where you can invite someone. I know that you'll, I know that you'll do that. I know that you guys are very um, excited about being a part of stuff like this. So, you know, I trust that you will, you will do that. But I pray that we would become, like that verse says, you know, how blessed it is that we're going to see the feed of the, of the gospel being taken out. Um, and that's what we're called to do. So, uh, as the worship team comes, we're going to spend a few moments just closing our time out with a couple more songs. But I pray that you would just spend some time with God. And, um, you know, this is one of those things where we can, we can become very much more intentional with God, who is the person? And this is where we spend time in prayer. God, who are the, is the person or the people that you're asking me to reach out to? Could you help me to see? And some of you may already see. Some of you already may know. Some of you are friends with individuals that's going through certain situations. This is your opportunity. Some of you are going through, you know, we're, we're in the season. Some of you are around other, other individuals where they're not plugged into any, they're not plugged into other places, another place. And we're entering to this season where it would be so easy for you just to say, hey, why don't you just join me? Why don't you come and just check it out? You know, Just come. We have a great time just worshiping God. No pressure or anything like that. Just, just come and enjoy. Just come and enjoy. You know? And, and um, hopefully what will happen, they'll come and they will see others in here worshiping God. Giving God His glory. Acknowledging that their life is nothing without the presence of of Him in it. And that might lead them to say, you know what, that, I'm missing that. I'm missing that. That's what I want. That's what I've been searching for. That's what I desire. And God radically gets a hold of their lives and changes them. So I ask that you would just grab a handful of these on the way out. There will be uh, if ushers. If you can have some at the doors, um, grab a handful. And then guys... This is where it's going to get even more fun. You need to email me. Email me. Just say, hey man, this is what I'm working on. I've got this person in my life, or I've got this person, or that person. They're going through this situation, but I just want to let you know, this is who I'm going to be working on. Because then that way the staff can pray for you, and we can all pray for you. And that God's going to uh, move mightily in our worlds. So would you please uh, follow through with that? and just, Just do that, and we'll celebrate what God is going to do, and just see Him manifest Himself Uh, in our body. And we're going to celebrate that and just uh, give God His praise and glory. So if you would stand with me, I want to lead us into a word of prayer. And then we're going to sing a few, couple more songs and then close our time here this morning. Father, I give you great thanks for who you are. Father, for you could do all this on your own. You don't need us by any means. But you choose to let us have a taste of something that's so much bigger and grander outside of ourselves. 
I pray that we would look at that through your eyes. I pray that we would go into our world and we would see kind of how you saw people here when you were human, where you looked out over people. And I remember the time where you said you were moved with emotion and compassion because you saw people and you saw them as sheep without a shepherd. I pray that Element Church would become people full of shepherds. That we would see people like you see people. People that you died for. People that you created in your image. People that are rejecting you. That they're enemies with you. And Father, a lot of it has to do with just being born into a broken world. Full of sin. Would you please just uh, bring to our minds the people that you want us to reach out to. Help us to see those individuals that are hurting. Help us to see the people that you've placed within our lives. And may we bring good news to them. May they not be a person that says, I don't have anything to listen to. I don't have anything to hear. But Father, we, may, we understand that you've placed us in their lives for, at a specific time for a specific reason. And so we just, uh, we just give you thanks that we can be a part of something with such eternal significance and meaning and sustenance. And I pray again that we, as Element Church, we would just respond to you, ultimately bringing you more glory. And it's in the powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we commit all this to you in prayer. In his name, amen.